Welcome to the My Crazy Office podcast with the authors of Working With You Is Killing Me, Working For You, Isn't Working For Me, and Mean Girls at Work, Kathy Elster and Katherine Crowley. They're committed to creating world peace, one crazy office at a time. And now, here are Kathy and Katherine. Hey everyone, it's Kathy Elster. And I'm Katherine Crowley, and welcome to My Crazy Office. Today we're going to examine what happens when an employer targets an employee and makes them the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll start with a question from someone who feels like her boss holds her to a different, tougher standard than her colleagues. We'll spend the second half of the podcast asking managers to consider whether they have blind spots towards certain employees. Yeah, this is fascinating and a potentially painful phenomenon when one person is blamed or held to a stricter standard than others at work. I hope more people will send questions like this to info at mycrazyoffice.co. Logan, what's our question? I'm not perfect, but I feel like my boss is tougher on me than on other coworkers who make the same mistakes. The other day, I was running late for an important meeting. So was one of my colleagues. We both arrived around the same time, and I was admonished for being late while the other person wasn't. When I offer ideas at meetings, my boss almost always shoots them down, while the ideas of her favored employees are received with appreciation. I can see a shift in the way that my colleagues are perceiving me and treating me. What do I do? This is awful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really awful. It's awful to watch it, and it's mm-hmm. awful to be it. Yeah. yeah. Because when, you know, if you're not the one who's being targeted, you know you could be one day. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and a lot of managers do this. Yeah, they and do. And I don't think it's conscious. They don't set out to do this. But um, so you're suffering from this, and we feel terrible about it. And, yeah. Um, you know, what we have found with people that are scapegoated and also labeled mm-hmm. as a troublemaker, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they they do enough to have earned that title, mm-hmm. but not enough to really retain it. So, <laughs> right? right? So, um, you know, I think they're going to notice that it's a very difficult thing to break out of. Yes. Because you've been, how do we put it? You've been... Given this role? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and actually, just to put it in that context, in um, the term scapegoat was first developed in family systems models where Mm -hmm. they were talking Mm -hmm. about the different roles that children play Mm -hmm. in the family system. And so there's the hero, there may be the rebel, there could be the caregiver, and the scapegoat is the child usually who everyone likes to blame or becomes the target, Mm -hmm. and where the aggression of the family is taken out on that individual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, Kathy, everything that that person does is seen through a distorted lens, Mm -hmm. making them always the problem. Right. Right. So if a pro- if something occurs that there's a problem, most colleagues will go, "Well, where's so and so?" Yeah. Know, like they, right. And without them even being involved, they get blamed for things. So yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the. F- I mean, some people actually have to leave the situation sometimes. In, yeah, in order to start fresh somewhere else. But mm. I think before you do that, you have to identify how you earned it. Mm-hmm. You know what what did you do to have 
even be put in that situation? What happens in the family? How do they earn it? Yeah. Or do they just get it labeled? Um, they sometimes they'll do they you know they sort of get they will say they invite negative attention every mm-hmm. so often. So mm-hmm. they may do something that's either naughty or a little rebellious or, mm-hmm. you know, they know is kind of shaking things up and then they're known for that. And then they may do more of it if it gets them attention. And so then it becomes like an right. ecosystem. Right. And then suddenly they're blamed for things that they never, ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. that's one way that it can happen. Yeah. So that has to be figured out. I mm-hmm. think for each person that, you know, feels they're in this position and, it, it can come from many things. It could it could come that maybe you had less experience, so therefore mm-hmm. you did make a lot of mistakes at the beginning, yeah. right. and then you just got labeled, and you were you know even when you did grow, it didn't go. It went unseen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or you could be someone who doesn't have a lot of um, say the standard skills or credentials as your mm-hmm. colleagues, and so and you may present as a sort of rough and tumble person, like I just get the job done, mm-hmm. and they have a reaction to that, and therefore then start looking at you through a certain lens. Mm-hmm. I know of another person who actually was, um, she admitted ultimately when we were trying to figure out what happened here, that in early stages she was not a very compliant employee. Mm -hmm. So she would not want to like go to the office party or do the one or two things that everyone else was doing. And Mm -hmm. so then she was viewed as someone, you know, you're not a team player. And then everything that went wrong was in her court. Right. So once once you identify how this began and what mm-hmm. that behavior was, mm-hmm. if you change that behavior, you could you could change this. Mm-hmm. Yes, you could. Like we had a client once who, um, she was the baby of her family, and she was always she's very cute, and mm-hmm. she would um, break the tension in every meeting. And the meetings in this company tended to be very contentious. Yes, but mm-hmm. she would break the tension by telling a joke, and everybody loved her for. Uh, her sense of humor, but she could never be taken seriously. So when we identified this and we said, stop breaking the tension, let the tension be there, stop being the jokester. And she did. Right. Mm -hmm. And she, they started to see her very differently. Now she ultimately left Mm -hmm. because she wanted a clean slate and she got a huge promotion. I mean, when she left there, she went to like a much bigger position. Mm -hmm. So she held herself back in the place she was in. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very smart. I think she also had an affair with somebody. And yeah. <laughs> like a story, oh, my God. Yeah, story gets sure. a little more complicated. <laughs> so they, they both didn't, left. Probably didn't help her image much. <laughs> I don't know that anybody knew, but I think that they just needed, to, they needed, a, they needed a fresh start. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, uh, that, that's an irrelevant point that I just thought of. Because she's a very good example um, yeah. of somebody that was labeled. Well, actually, what she started doing was going to conferences and making presentations. Do you yes. remember that? And yes. so she was taken more seriously. And I think for the scapegoat, mm. part of what you need to do to break out of your role is to demonstrate that you are a solid professional, whatever it is, That's right? right? So you actually, if you, you need to follow the rules in a more meticulous way, if you need to learn more about handling, uh, you know, managing up or managing down, if you need to actually build your skill base and your credentials so that you're not so easily labeled, I think that's an important thing. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's I think that's the best route to mm-hmm. figure this out for yourself, and you may need to get some help mm-hmm. um, figuring that out, whether it's an executive coach who has a psychological bend or a therapist. Um, I think that's the best way to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. I do, and but I also think, Kathy, because you always come up with great interventions to, to, to take on, that part of what you want to do as a scapegoat is to prove that you're something other than that. Mm-hmm. But you probably also at some point need to speak to the boss mm-hmm. right. who put you in that role to begin mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. Right. right? And sort of go and say, I've taken these actions, I've done these things, and yet I still find that you that I'm targeted as someone who is not competent or does not follow the rules or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. I think, yes, and I think you have to figure out how this happened to yeah. also right. take responsibility for how, you know, it happened in the first place. Yes. Right. So, but let's just move on to the manager's role in this. And our question to managers is, do you have a blind spot towards one of your employees or maybe more? And, um, mm. you know, if you do, you probably have blind spots in your personal life. You know, this is probably something that, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you, you're really fond of one person, you, you don't hold them as accountable right. uh, than other people. So, you know, but it's important to really look at this. If you're, if you have somebody that you perceive to be a problem, yeah, take the time to really examine, is there a part of me that is not seeing something? Is there yeah. a part of me that has labeled them and just makes assumptions? Yeah. And don't, you can't always trust the people that are around you. Right. Because mm. they are telling you what you want to hear. Yes. So this is not an easy thing to figure out. Mm. No, it's actually a humbling thing, I think, to ask yourself. If you notice, are you, do you find yourself riding one individual? Do you, have you ever been caught distorting something that they said or did, like assuming that it was, um, had bad intention when it didn't, mm-hmm. or assuming that the person took certain actions that they did not? If you ever get caught up in that, like if you actually catch yourself um, making that kind of a distorted either decision or assumption, that's a real opportunity to step back and mm-hmm. see what's going on here. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times the thing that's interesting is that the person that you scapegoat, uh, what I've seen is that often bosses will scapegoat someone who they may over-identify with. Mm. Mm, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. so they want to like push that person super hard because they don't like the things in them that they don't like in themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they say one finger pointed out this way, three pointed towards you. That's right. <laughs> Projection. Interesting. Yeah. Right. So you've got to do a little digging here also. Yeah. yeah. Um, because people are watching. They are. Oh, yeah. Always. They are. And the other kind of blind, blind, st- blind spot, I think, is, you know, the people who you give a free ride uh, who perhaps have not earned it, or who mm. you always give a pass on, or you always find ways to excuse. Right. So and could that also be because they remind you of yourself or of someone in yes. your life that yep. you know Absolutely. you like? Yep. Yeah. So it's a tricky one. And I think it's a really um, it's an interesting question to ask any anyone, any one of us. I mean, we've all been dealing with our 
blind spots in a number of levels, I think, over the last oh. year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, but if you're a manager, it's really important to ask in terms of your staff. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think managers do it enough. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a lot of work. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it for this podcast. If you have any further comments or thoughts on this topic, and we know you do, tweet us at AskK2. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at MyCrazyOffice. If you want to receive our weekly podcast email, text us at 228-28 and type in my crazy office. That's all one word, my crazy office at 228-28. Finally, don't forget to send your stories and questions to info at mycrazyoffice.co. My Crazy Office is produced in New York City at K-Squared Studios. Stay crazy. <laughs>